0: Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Marglin.
1: And I'm Chris Marglin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello there.
0: Hello, welcome.
1: Hello, welcome. Uh, I'm Chris. Hi, Chris.
0: I'm Courtney. Hi,
2: Courtney.
0: Nice to meet you. Um,
1: Thank you so much for hopping on TPQ20 with us. Yeah, of course. Uh, we always kind of like to start things off by saying, you know, we know who you are, uh, but our audience may not. Um, so if you were to give your elevator pitch of who are you, uh, who are you?
0: Not to intimidate you right off not the bat. Not to put you on the spot <laughs> no. or anything. First thing would be getting
2: out of this elevator. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Why am I, I here? claustrophobia. Um, This is an M. Night Shyamalan movie in the making, but um, (laughs) I'm Hannah, I am a poet, writer, essay person, social media user. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have two cats and a lot of opinions, and I just really love writing. I don't really know how to, I just... Unless it was like, you know, at gunpoint where I'd be like, I write a lot of things and sometimes I'm sad. (laughs) 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 That's basically me. (laughs) My cats are also present with us. If you see a blur of black or tortoiseshell, that's them saying. So,
1: so I know from, from your bio and your website that your cats are very, very important. Uh, Can you introduce them? (laughs) 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 Who are you? What are your cat's names?
2: Well, I have a little buddy named Mikey. He's black and he's an absolute devil. If that noise is actually him jumping on top of the clothing rack. And <laughs> I've got a nice little dainty lady named Natasha and she's my tortie. Awesome. Sweet. You,
1: you may hear our dogs running back and forth at some point through here, so it's uh, we don't mind animal noises Excuse they me. happen. Um,
2: Demon spawn. oh my oh how sweet this is my friends are always welcome yeah he's whenever I'm away they're like what's mama doing we have to bother her and constantly be the center of attention but yes (laughs) poetry cats yeah inextricably linked (laughs)
0: they are that brings us to our first question actually about passions Chris you want to take it
2: yeah.
1: What uh, what do you consider your passions when it comes to the world of, and we'll say literature, because you you go farther than just the world of poetry. So when it comes to the world of literature, what do you well, consider to be your passions?
2: You know, I really, I think literature at large, I really enjoy just like being part of kind of generating a community, you know, finding writers online, because that's, you know, really how I've connected with so many people. There's there's not much in the way of where I live in central Virginia and we're working on that, which we may get to later in the sum interview, but for the most part, how I connect and discover, you know, new ways to engage with modern poetry and like current writers is on social media, purchasing, you know, their books or like attending zoom, you know, especially in this age, zoom readings or oh, yeah. things like that. So I really enjoy just like the community part of it as well as just, finding new writers who challenge me to think about like form in general. So I guess that would be my passion for that because that's what I care about more than like, you know, looking at these contests or thinking about fellowships or whatever. It's not so much as a me thing, it's more of a us thing.
0: Have there been any new forms specifically that have caught your eye? Um,
2: You know, I think there's been like a lot of emphasis like on visual poetics in the past couple of years. Um, I know, you know, the magazine that I helped co-edit, we, we've been publishing some really interesting, like hybrid works over the past couple of years, you know, whether it's like the Venn diagram shape or like a search bar that we actually were able to code into the Squarespace site or just like, you know, graphic erasures or, you know, visual, which I find very fascinating because I haven't, I haven't played with that type of, um, writing, but it's really cool to see what people are doing in terms of like expanding beyond the traditional page of poetry. So that's what I really enjoy. Um, just finding how people are able to like still implement those elements of poetry, but with their, with their own artistic spin on it.
1: Absolutely, we're definitely living in a world where new forms are, it feels like for the first time in you know a century. New forms are popping up left and right mm-hmm. now, yeah. and people are actually carrying them forward. It's not just "Hey, I created this this cool new you know new way of of, of poetrying," mm-hmm. but other people are just taking off with it. And it's it's definitely it's uh, it it's I've I haven't seen it in the you know the twenty years or so that I that I've been like writing and really reading poetry. Yeah. It's pretty amazing to see.
2: Yeah, I think about like Terrence Hayes, you know, the Golden Shovel. And um, like Jericho Brown, I think with, what is it, the duplex?
1: The duplex, yeah.
2: Duplex and just like other, yeah, I think Torin and Great House also did like the Burning High Bun. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it, I don't know. But like, it's just like that other kind of playing around with words and form and how you can still create something out of those constraints that I find really yeah. fascinating.
1: Absolutely.
2: I figure out how to do that. <laughs> hey,
1: I'm right there with you. So.
2: We're all there with you. I
0: love finding that new kind of passion for poetry again and that beauty in it and experimentation. That's kind of the beauty with it. So are you uh, having any major passions lately outside of the world of literature other than your cats, of course?
2: Yes, my cats are always my number one passion and pain.
0: <laughs> I understand that. We have dogs in our house, so
2: they're always our passion and our Somewhere pain. between the
1: dogs and the chickens, we, uh, we do get lost. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: so I've gotten back into drawing after a long hiatus I think you know when COVID first began a lot of people were kind of like you know trying to quarantine themselves in their home I bought a couple sketchbooks and the first time in several years I actually started charcoal drawing again oh so that's been oh I love that yeah I um I was very much into art pretty much I mean I'm still into visual art all my life but like you know, once you go to grad school and school and you're like, oh, I guess it's time for me to be a real writer now. Like, I'm just going to focus on that and not, and I didn't draw for several years, but it's really been the past year and a half that I've gotten back into just not forcing myself, but whenever I'm like either stuck on writing something or if I'm stressed out and don't really feel like staring at a screen, I'll just take out my little sketchbooks and my charcoal pencils and start drawing and just, you know, it's, it's very freeing.
1: Maybe that's your, uh, your vehicle into the more visual poetry. Maybe, maybe your visual poetry is combining your drawing with, uh, with your words.
2: Maybe, I don't know. I kind of like keeping things in that way separate because it just allows me to produce something where I don't have to worry about ever getting it published or like mm. sending it off to an art show. But I mean, sure. it's definitely worth thinking about in terms of like form and how we can communicate um, our you know yeah vision through it.
0: Absolutely. So that makes me wonder about your writing process um, in terms of um, how you go through and prepare for yourself. Um, do you have any special superstitions um, or rituals that you go through?
2: You know, I think, I, I think for the longest time, a lot of us had this idea of like, oh, I'm going to get like a nice mug of, you know, hot tea or coffee. I'm going to get in my cozy little alcove with all my books surrounding me and write for several hours and the truth is I'm it's very rare if I ever do that just because like I'm constantly distracted by like either the furry creatures in the background or you know I get like or especially because I have a day job that's outside of like writing you know for academia um I tend to like write honestly in between like google docs like between meetings sometimes (laughs) so my boss here is this i swear i'm doing my job it's just sometimes (laughs) an idea and I. she's just just jotting
0: down a couple good ideas here and there yeah
2: yeah. or like you know because again or i'll actually type up something in gmail and then send it to myself as like an email um because with day jobs and everything quote unquote you know to pay the bills and pay me to continue doing (laughs) poetry right um, I just don't have a lot of time anymore, like undivided focused time to write. You know, that was like when I went to grad school, we had plenty of that. We were able to like find a cozy place in the library and write for several hours or like at a cafe on campus. But, you know, because of of course COVID and everything, I don't really want to hang out at like coffee shops too long. And so, you know, I definitely miss like that aspect of the writing process. But for the most part, it's just really squeezing in time and between like jobs and of course even when inspiration strikes and i have to like either pull up the notes app on my iphone and type something real quick or record a message <laughs> to myself i have definitely done that in the past couple months
1: <laughs> i like i really like that idea of the we haven't heard somebody say sending emails to themselves um i like that that's it's that's a it's almost a Better way to keep something than like a, than a note because at least you know that it's sitting there in a few different places. Well, and trick, access to it.
2: then I trick myself into thinking, oh, it must be a, a submission or something, and I'm like, oh no, it's just me sending this to myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but there's an urgency to it then yes. as well. Like I really have
2: to do something with sometimes it. Sometimes if you just if you send it out, it's already out there, and then when you receive it back, there's I don't know, there's some sort of like process in that or it's just like you're seeing it again but different if that makes sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah, with fresh eyes. Mhm. Mhm. So I do that I a like lot that. just,
2: you know, working it in and you know, I do sometimes I'll sit down at my desk and write for half an hour, but you know, I just I can't really for right now at this point in my life I can't like sit down and write like you know, 20
0: 20 poems
2: or something. Right. <laughs>
0: You're not spending six hours with your mug
2: of hot tea at your desk or surrounded. No, honestly, if anything, I'm the person that forgets that I have a hot mug of tea and then it's cold and I'm like, great, I have to brew another <laughs> cup of tea and it
0: just keeps going on. We, we've we heard with, that more yeah, than we we've with, heard anyone drinking the with tea. People,
2: and it's, yeah, we talk with people
1: who are like, I've got to go get the tea, I've got to make the tea, I've got to sip the mug a certain way, but I might take two sips of that tea and then forget that it's there, but it's just that ritual of having that one that mm-hmm. one thing it's a maybe ritual or procrastination or that last thing you can or you do before. just forget that it's there.
0: Right? <laughs> uh-huh. But so far, that poor tea, no one's ever drank it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you've been doing this for a while, um, and and you know, not only in different in different genres, but in different literary spaces as well, um, academia and not. Uh, what do you think along the way have been those pitfalls that you've faced, um, and kind of how have you, you know, if you were to if you were to tell that student or that person, how can you overcome that? I mean, what did you do to get past that? Or have you I mean, gotten past that? There's,
2: there's been so much in like the, what, seven years that I've been doing this, I guess, quote unquote, professionally as in sending a workout. I think what I'll talk about instead is just that this, there was this expectation of, oh, I'm going to be the next big poet thing. You know, I got, I was already getting publications in undergrad. I really kind of was building this expectation of myself for like, I'm going to go to grad school and get my FA. I'm gonna become a professor. I'm gonna get all these fellowships. I'm going to get like my first poetry book published. And I was just like really naive in that way, but also just like understanding that there's nothing wrong with building yourself up and working hard. But I think you also have to like understand that you can't force yourself down that path because it's only gonna A, burn you out and B, sometimes it, you know, things happen, and you just, you either get disillusioned with certain parts of the process. I think we all know that, like, publishing as a whole, and not just poetry publishing, has a lot of problems, has a lot of issues. There's, you know, and especially in poetry publishing, because so much of it is contest-based, and very little, you know, I I, I hate saying that there's no money in poetry, because that's not inherently true. There are clearly poets, and speakers who are able to like make a living off that. But I do think it's true in that people, there's more money for potentially the publisher to make off just submission fees and contest fees <sighs> rather than like the actual honorariums or prizes. And it's really hard, I think, kind of figuring that out for the first time, especially when you were like me, I was like, yeah, 20, I don't know. Yeah, it was 20 something, (laughs) finishing undergrad and then going to grad school. And I really did not have like the understanding of just how much more complicated it was. So I think that was kind of like, quote unquote, a pitfall for me. And just knowing that like, it's okay if you don't have a book out before you're like 30. It's okay if you don't have like, any contest wins under your belt. It's okay if you just say, you know what? Let me just do my own thing. Because you know, at the end of the day, people are going to find your work that are meant to find your work. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter. Like you can win as many contests as you want or get as many fellowships, but that doesn't signify that you're any greater of a poet than someone who's just started writing and publishing in online magazines. You know?
1: Yeah. Do you do you think we've had we've had the MFA conversation quite a bit on you oh, know God. on, on yeah. these never ends and 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 I mean you. You do you feel that that being since you said you know you kind of felt like it was the, you had a trajectory that was the path you were on you were going to get your MFA in poetry you were going to get your MFA do you feel like that hindered your writing at all or do you think I, mean, I
2: was actually pretty um, I had a lot of time in grad school um, I was only working like technically kind of part time at a call center during that time. And then I had a job in academia or higher ed um, during the latter half of my grad school year. So, you know, I think I have more time devoted to writing, but I looking back on it now, I don't regret going to grad school. I don't regret getting an MFA. I regret how much it cost. And I <laughs> wish I could spend more time. That. <laughs> wish i could go back in time to myself and just be like hey if you want to wait a year or two that's completely fine like you don't have to go straight out from undergrad um but i think the other side of the coin is i've you know i work now in a field outside of higher ed i have no desire to go back to higher ed mm. and i find that people you know when you tell them what you do and then you explain like what you're currently doing at your job people actually find that it's cool or interesting that you have like a creative writing degree and you're working in say a nonprofit for the arts or any sort of business because you're still able to like perform your job roles. Like it doesn't really matter what degree like outside of like, you know, academia where, you know, it's getting harder and harder for people even with two books to get like a tenure track or non-tenure track position. So I think, yeah, long story short, I think the pitfall was definitely like building myself up thinking I was gonna go on this path and then just realizing that maybe that's not really what I want after all. Yeah. yeah,
0: (laughs) I think that can happen to all of us sometimes. Well, thank you for that. So on that note, what is, um, everybody's switching gears a little bit. (laughs) What is most exciting for you um, in literature right now? Um, What are you um, excited about and what should we know about that's, well, kind of on the horizon,
2: I have so I'm sitting on some really good news that unfortunately I can't quite share yet, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping in the next like, like couple of weeks I can share it. Um, but awesome. another good, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know Congratulations. you're teasing us now. I'm so excited, I want to know. You're yeah. gonna have to, <laughs> that's what I do. Um, it, I've never actually sat on news like this for this long, and depending,
1: so... depending on, a, we'll edit where it's at.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do actually have a couple of um, publications forthcoming. They're not, funny enough, not poetry related. <laughs> That's, all, That's right. all right. They're literature. We love everything writing. I know, but it's just always like I think of myself as a poet and then I'm like, now I want to be a nonfiction writer or I want to write fiction. And I've been working, like, in terms of literature, like what I'm working on, I am actually working on, like, a short story slash like novel idea. And I'm hoping to send that out in the next couple months. But mm-hmm. yeah, I have a couple of publications forthcoming with um, Pigeonholes and Only Magazine. And those are nonfiction. And then I actually did send out some poems to places. So we'll see, you know. Oh, wonderful, my yeah. fingers are crossed for you. Yeah, just, you know, and I think I... a lot of times, oh, sorry.
1: Oh, no, go ahead, please.
2: I think a lot of times when we think about like the whole submitting process, it can be such a major cause of like burnout in terms of like poetry writing. It's like, oh, I have to put together this whole packet of three to five poems. And I got to send it out to like the same 10 magazines that rejected me five times before. And sometimes there's like the reading fee. And it's just like, you know what, I'd rather like be more thoughtful about, you know, just sending out to like two or three places at a time. If I have to wait, then that's totally fine. And just focus on generating more work really I think just like because 2020 was such I mean and it still is such a rough year but like it was so difficult for not only me but so many writers I think it's fine to just kind of take some time for that kind of like fallow field of writing to just you know nurture itself and then get back to it you know I think I'm focused more right now on like just writing generating work and then once I feel comfortable and okay sending it out to magazines, and you know, again, just trying to be more thoughtful and not just you know shooting fish in a barrel because I'd rather have my poems and writing go in places where I feel confident enough to want to read them in those places.
1: <laughs> Definitely, that makes sense. Um, and I want to make sure you said at the beginning uh, about building communities, uh, and I wanted to make sure we could come back to that because you seem excited about building a community where-
2: where you at? Yeah, I... Uh, so
1: what, is, what can we hear about that?
2: So I'm hoping in the next couple of months at my job that we can start working on a reading series or like an open mic for poets or spoken word or really anybody that deals with reading aloud their, their creative work. So, you know, obviously we haven't like sat down and started planning it out, but there have been talks in it. And I've definitely, I've been asked awesome. to be... To participate in that um so i'm excited just where i live kind of the central virginia area there's not there's not a lot of like places like i mean there there's writers everywhere don't get me wrong i don't want to say oh there's nobody here that writes but just no reading community that really speaks to a larger i guess swath of people um you know you go to places like chicago or new york there's always like a reading every night always like all these Mm pop-up things but there really isn't anything like that here and i really want to like be part of that so that's kind of what i'm excited about awesome
0: well we're excited for you and thank you so much for joining us uh tonight
2: thank you so much it's i've it's been nice actually talking to people
0: <laughs> well, we love having conversations about writing and poetry yeah. in general, and it's just been lovely having you. Thank you so much. We look Thank forward to you. having you again. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Have a great rest of the night. Bye bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to TPQ20. Please like, review, and subscribe.